Welcome to Exposed Conferences Season 2. I'm your host, Christina Danielle. Thank you for tuning into the podcast where we are going to be exposing the current trends, challenges, and the future of conferences. As well, I'll be having candid conversations with industry experts that will elevate your events and help you create partnerships that expand beyond the calendar year. I'm really happy to have you listening today, and I hope you benefit from today's episode as well as future episodes. Jess Eskram is the founder and CEO of Headbands of Hope, a company that donates headbands to kids with cancer with every headband sold. Headbands of Hope has been featured on the Today Show, Good Morning America, QVC, The View, and worn by celebrities like Kelsey Ballerini and Khloe Kardashian. More importantly, Headbands of Hope has donated over 600,000 headbands, reaching every single children's hospital in America and 22 countries. Jess is also the best-selling author of Chasing the Bright Side and creator of Mic Drop Workshop, an online course and community for women to become paid keynote speakers. And she has a long list of accomplishments that are as incredible as her outlook on optimism. Jess, your story, your company, Headbands of Hope, your book turned virtual event, Chasing the Bright Side. Oh my goodness, it's all incredibly inspiring. And I feel like everyone could use a lot of optimism right now as we look to the future. So thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. And yes, optimism is definitely what we need. Yes. And I have been following you on Instagram for a while now. And One of the posts that I came across recently, which I think will speak to a lot of our listeners, was regarding your own live event cancellation. And in the post, you mentioned how you had just gotten home to a bunch of printed materials for your live event. And instead of looking at this box of material and going down that rabbit hole of negativity, you were actually able to turn that situation around and create such a positive spin on it. Do you mind retelling that story for our listeners today and kind of walk us through what was going through your thoughts and how you turned it into such a positive moment? Yeah, well, I will admit it wasn't positive right out of the gate. I definitely had a moment where I was like, oh my gosh, this event that I'd been planning for a year and a half now. And I, unlike you guys, I am new to the event planning side of things. This was not my forte. And so the event was supposed to be in March, which was really (laughs) when all heck broke loose. And I had this moment where I was like, this is not going to happen. And I knew that if I was going to have to send the email to all the attendees that were registered, then that also meant I had to have a solution with it. You know, and I couldn't just be like, it's canceled by here's your money back. This conference is about chasing the bright side. It is about positivity. I have to walk the walk. So in this very quick pivot, we decided to make it a virtual conference. And when I sent out the email that the in-person conference was canceled, but we were going to be having a virtual one, I still had no idea how I was going to make that happen. But I pushed the date, you know, the in-person event was supposed to be March 21st. And I pushed the date for the virtual to be April 25th to give myself and my team a little bit of a window to figure this out. But it ended up being absolutely incredible. I mean, we were supposed to have about 400 people at the in-person event and our virtual event had almost 3000 attendees. Wow. And I actually did sign up for your event. So I am doing the, you know, leisurely schedule in my leggings, night owl. And I love that you did that. Oh, I'm so glad. And yet that was the thing that when we decided to make it virtual, I think a lot of great business decisions that you can make is really about meeting people where they are. 
And right now during COVID and quarantine, people are at home. They're trying to balance work. They're trying to balance family. Their routine is basically out the window. And so we wanted to make a virtual event that wasn't going to be live. It was going to be pre-recorded so that people could take it on their own time at their own pace. And then the second layer of that, that we actually introduced probably a couple weeks into the ticket sales was making it a pay what you can event. So going back to meeting people where they are, a lot of people are job insecure right now. Maybe they're furloughed or maybe their small business is taking a hit or you know, maybe they're a healthcare worker and they're just burnt out at the end of the day and aren't really spending money on themselves. And so I was inspired by my friend who started this cafe in Raleigh called A Place at the Table where it's a restaurant, but it's pay what you can. And so you can pay nothing, you can pay a suggested price or you could pay more and cover the ticket for someone else. And so we made it a pay what you can model And that was really incredible to see people, one, really appreciative of that. But two, a lot of people still paid a suggested price, even when they didn't have to. I loved on your website how you had the different tiers. And then you had also made it complimentary for those essential workers or for students who were not able to necessarily afford it. Because right now, as you mentioned, there are a lot of people that are furloughed right now or don't know where their next paycheck is coming from. And I just thought it was very inspiring to see somebody take a different approach to how not only the event schedule was run, but how they were pricing it. I appreciate you recognizing that. And I I think that a lot of times it can be scary to give people the option of like free or low. And as a business owner, you know, you're trying to run your numbers and you're trying to think like, well, what would happen if everyone took the free option and made no money or I was in the hole? But I think you also build that trust with your audience and that relationship of like, I genuinely care about you in the experience that you're having right now. And sometimes that shows by lending that helping hand and you'll get more signups and more of a loyal following and more people who will show up to your future events because of that gesture. But sometimes it can be scary to kind of take that leap as a a business owner or event planner. Yes. And you said a very important word too, which was relationships. Relationship building, especially in the event industry is so important because you do want people to come to your other events, your future events. It's not just a one and done. You want people to continue to remember you. And if you do something at this time, especially when they're really hurting, they'll remember that positive moment. Yeah. And think of it as like, maybe you had a goal this year that you were going to hit with your event. Maybe you had, oh, this year I'm going to have, you know, 700 people show up and uh, it'll be a 30% growth. And guess what? That's probably not going to happen this year. And that's okay. And so instead of maybe having your goals that you originally set for yourself thinking that it was going to be, you know, business as usual, how can you use this year to prime the pump for next year so you can come back twice as strong? And how can you build these like virtual communities and gatherings and relationships and connect people and give people valuable resources now so they are going to be like counting down the calendar to when your event actually hits whether that's in Q4 this year or next year because they're going to just feel so closely connected with you. If events are out of the question right now, there's still things that we could be doing to further those relationships with the people that want to hear from us. Definitely. You know, as event planners, we're you know, we're so used to making quick decisions, pivoting, putting out those fires and trying to think about things differently. This is 
such a different thing that nobody, I, you know, nobody in any industry has experienced before. But if you're able to look at it from a different perspective and know that everybody's in the same boat as you are, it's just, you know, in another post that I read in yours, it was like the whole plan B isn't worse than plan A. It's just a different plan. Exactly. And- exactly. And it's like how much people are now thinking about human connection. And that's what events do is they bring that human connection. And so to be somewhat deprived of it, you know, during this quarantine and to be in a position where we're not in gatherings and meeting new people, it also brings to the forefront of how important that is. And so I think that even though events might feel like on pause now, I think they're going to come back like stronger and better than ever. And then on the speaking side of things, because that's how I originally kind of got plugged into events was from being a public speaker. So many speakers right now, you know, their calendars have just like mine have gone to zero when I was usually on planes every week and jumping from event to event. And so they're looking for ways to just kind of keep putting their message out there, keep speaking. And so for the virtual conference, I was able to get a really strong lineup of speakers because you're just asking them to flip on their camera at home and do what they love doing, which is telling their story. And so there's definitely great ways that you can still get content out there from people who are wanting to share it. I appreciate you mentioning that too, because I know a lot of people who do run events who are going now to virtual are trying to figure out a way to involve some of those people who are looking for speaking opportunities. Yeah. And I think on the other side of it, it's like a lot of speakers also have things that they rely on speaking to get the word out. You know, with the launch of my book, Chasing the Bright Side, so much of that book tour was speaking engagements, speaking at, you know, business conferences, women's events. And when that goes away, they're looking for other areas to talk about and get in front of people. And so they are looking for that kind of like mutual exchange, whether that's a virtual event or hopping on an Instagram live, doing a joint live with people. That's been a big thing that I've been seeing too. I truly believe that new problems also create new solutions. So the problems that we're experiencing right now are also going to challenge us to do things that we've never done before. One of the big events that my company, Headbands of Hope, we do every year is this trade show in Atlanta where we go there like eight times a year and we set up a booth and, you know, different stores and retailers from around the world come and they pick their products for their stores. And so we rely on that trade show for a lot of our wholesale income, which is like 50% of our business. And obviously those shows were canceled. And so my wholesale director decided to host a virtual trade show where she went in our warehouse set up a booth like we would have done in Atlanta, and then sent out a blast to all of our retailers and said, okay, Friday at one o'clock, go to this link. I'm going to be on YouTube live and you can see all the new products that we have coming in for spring. And so all these stores came in and watched and placed orders. And it was this thing that we never would have done before had we not been faced with that cancellation, but now will be a part of our business strategy. And so maybe there's problems that you're experiencing with your event or your business that can seem like a headache right now, but also could be a great opportunity for 
a new solution that you haven't tried before. And I also like something I've been challenging myself with is when we talk about back to normal or whatever our new normal is, evolution and progress happens all the time, just usually like a bit more gradual than it is right now. But some of these things that we're saying like won't go back to normal or could also mean that there's like advancements that are happening that could be really great. Like even thinking about how quickly, you know, they're trying to get a vaccine for COVID. It's like that could change how testing happens with medicine in the future. And so with events or whatever industry we're in, yes, we might not go back to normal, but maybe there's something even better that's going to happen for us. Yeah. And I can't wait to see. I was talking to somebody the other day just saying, you know, it's going to be really incredible to see what kind of new technology comes out of this, what kind of spin people will take, you know, from the event side, as far as virtual events, you know, they were saying that there's so many things that will probably come up in the virtual event world just because of lessons that have been learned over the next few months. So it'll be really interesting to see. I did want to go back and talk a little bit about, you know, that event cancellation moment, because you did mention several things that you actually did with the cancellation of your event that also brought a lot of positivity to your community. As a lot of events have been abruptly canceled and more are going to be canceled in the next few months, most likely, or at least postponed, you know, all those things that event organizers can do with possibly some of the printed materials that they've already done or some of the the items that are already put out there that they've already planned for their events. And so again, I'm going to let you kind of speak to that and share that as that was your story. But I really did find that super powerful and important as to how we can give back to the community as well. Yeah, it was again, that moment where I'm literally like looking at a mound of, you know, posters and signage and literally like a entire basement full of swag bags that we were going to hand out and all of these decorations that we ordered balloon installations that were being made and Because our cancellation window, like I said, our event was March 21st. And it was really, I think, like March 15th or something when the NBA announced that they weren't playing. And so we were kind of in this one week window where everything, orders had already been placed. Obviously, deposits were paid. Contracts were signed. We were so far in. And so, of course, I had a few choice words <laughs> with myself for a little bit, let myself have like a pity party thinking, is all of this going to go to waste? And then I started to see that healthcare workers were really like in all those essential workers putting basically their lives at risk to go to work every day and just working so many hours and getting burnt out. And I realized we have all of these swag bags that were a huge part of our ticket sales because we really have a lot of great relationships with brands from Headbands of Hope where our swag bags were a $375 value with different like makeup products in there and jewelry and hats and journals. I mean, they were they were really good. And we thought, why not give them to the people who really need them right now? And so we sent out an email to all of our attendees And kind of told them what was happening with the pivot. And then the original tickets that people ordered were anywhere from $300 to $400, depending on what window they bought in. And then we refunded everyone to $97 for the virtual conference. And then they had the option to get their swag bag shipped to them, or they could donate it to healthcare workers. 
And I would say like 90% of attendees picked the donation option. And so we were able to deliver hundreds of swag bags to hospitals in North Carolina. And we got so many really great pictures and messages that that were just like, this is exactly what I needed right now. And so it made us feel good. It made our attendees feel good. And then with different like decor and signage and stuff, we had a lot of the signage we had was really optimistic quotes and looking at the bright side of things and things that were really relevant that people probably need to hear right now. So we put those up around town at different intersections and just hopefully made people smile with that. And then my friend that I was telling you about with the a place at the table with her nonprofit cafe, they're supposed to be having a grand opening in a couple months for their expanded location. And so we had already paid for this like massive balloon installation that is now going to go towards that grand opening. And so it makes me feel really good that we can still chase the bright side, if you will, with some of the stuff that we created for the conference and and make someone's day because work isn't wasted unless that's how you look at it. And if you want to look at everything as a waste, if it's not going towards that plan A, then maybe there's a way that you can reposition it and see how you can almost like reimagine what this event is built for and use it towards something else. I just love how beautiful that was that you were able to take some of those materials and and to kind of do things that were really just in the spirit of um, of hope and giving people kind of like that optimistic outlook. And you do that a lot, like again, with your book and your event and your company, Headbands of Hope. How do you continue to stay optimistic about things? Well, I will say that there's a difference between like being optimistic and being happy all the time. And I think that that's a common misconception is that in order to be optimistic, that means that you always have to be cheery and happy and like throwing confetti in the air and you never have a dark day. And that couldn't be further from the truth, especially for me. Like I get down on myself. I have anxiety. I have days where I'm not jumping out of bed in the morning and I'm worried about something. I guess that's the first part that I want to make clear is that just because you're not waking up every day, you know, with a seize the day attitude, it doesn't mean that you're not an optimist because optimism is less of a mood and more of a strategy. So even when we're down and even when times are hard or uncertain, to still have that belief that there can be good and that the future is good and even better that you are a part of it. So it's one thing to just envision a better future and it's another to feel like you're a part of that equation to help get you there. And so for me, even when I'm anxious or down or in a dilemma, like I feel like I still, no matter what, have this rooted belief that it's all going to turn out okay. And so once you put your mind to that, once you believe that, then you start working on things to make that true. But if your belief is that, oh my gosh, if the future is bad, then that's what you're going to go towards and make that true. And so one of the things that I like to tell myself too is that both optimism and anxiety require us to think about something that hasn't happened yet. So if we have the ability to worry about the future, 
it also means that we have the ability to imagine a better one. That's what optimism is, is that using that imagination, even though sometimes that imagination gets worried, how can we use that for good? Yeah, and that really hits home and that's so powerful. But I've gone through some hard times and I think I've always, even during those hard times, was like, there's light at the end of the tunnel. There's, you're going to get through this. We're all going to get through this. It's just a matter of how long. Absolutely. And I think that not every moment of every day has to be good for it to be a good day. I mean, we are having inventory problems at Headbands of Hope right now. We had a ton, a huge influx of orders because we have these headbands that also serve as like facial coverage. It was amazing that we were able to provide these for people. And then now the postal service has been slow and people aren't getting their orders and all this stuff. And so it's been quite stressful the past few days. But we also know that, hey, we're still a good company and we still are doing something great and we're going to make it through this. I think that problems aren't the problem. It's our relationship to them and how we let them affect our day and whether or not they are an opportunity to create a solution or let them derail us and kind of kill that morale. Right. And how you overcome that setback. Yeah, exactly. Your company, Headbands of Hope, donated 50,000 masks to U.S. acute hospitals. What have you found in transitioning that business to doing, again, something positive in a time of crisis and how that's impacted your outlook on your company and possibly where you might go in the future with other opportunities. I was actually thinking about this today. This morning, I was going for a walk and thinking about how we were able to pivot our business, you know, at Headbands of Hope during this time, how we were able to pivot the conference. And a lot of times we get down on ourselves. It's easy to get down on yourself for being a small business and feeling like it's only me, I'm a solopreneur, or I only have this amount of people, or we're so small. But in this situation, being a small business has been such a blessing because the smaller you are, the more agile you can be. I always say it's like way easier to turn around a speedboat than a cruise ship. And so it's been great to be able to think quickly on our feet and be able to pivot and adjust because we're small and, and we have that energy to do it. So going back to like what I said earlier about meeting people where they are and what they need in this current moment, a lot of people's needs have changed. Some of them haven't changed. A lot of things have been brought to surface, not having enough masks in hospitals. That's something that you never would even think about, you know, a few months ago of hospitals having enough supplies. And then once we realized that was an issue that wasn't going away, we realized that, hey, we are a company that makes headbands. We have access to manufacturing and elastic and fabric. And what if we could do that? And so for a few weeks, we stopped production of headbands and we just started making masks. And we shifted our model that for every headband sold on our site, a mask is also donated to a healthcare worker. And so we've been able to donate over 50,000 masks to hospitals around the country. And that part has just like been incredible. And then also we kept getting tagged in these photos of nurses wearing headbands and sewing buttons on the side of them to hook the mask onto because it was rubbing their ears. And we kept getting tags like, can you make this? Can you make this? And so we were like, yeah, let's do it. And so we made this, these button headbands for nurses. And those have been great as well to just, again, meet people where they are. What is it they need? And how can you help? Because when all of this started to go down, I think that there was a lot of hesitation in selling 
and and pricing yourself and having a product because there was so much uncertainty and people maybe felt a little bit of, I don't know if guilt is the right word of, oh, maybe I shouldn't be selling my event right now or my course or my product. But if you truly have something that brings value to other people, you would be doing them a disservice by not selling it. And just because things might feel on pause, the world isn't stopping. And so like, let's not be hesitant about offering our gifts and things that we believe in. And people can make that choice whether or not they want to purchase it. But keep trying to meet people where they are and keep like that business and American dream alive. Don't be afraid to sell it. Yeah. And again, I I just love the whole approach of meeting people where they are and taking an opportunity to do something that has done so much good in such a difficult time. Again, just really inspiring and positive. And I know a lot of people have been looking for ways of how we can give back. And and sometimes it doesn't have to be a huge, big production. Right. What are some things that you've been seeing um, either in your business or your personal life that people can incorporate into their own life to give back, whether it's just in their communities or to their um, industries that you have seen that are inspiring to you? This is going to sound super cheesy, but I think just being kind to people and engaging with them because social distancing doesn't also have to mean lack of community. I think that the fact that we're being told to stay away from each other can also be confusing in how we communicate. And you can still give people a friendly wave if you're sitting out on their porch. You can still FaceTime people. I know that I taught my grandparents how to use Zoom. (laughs) That's been interesting. So it's like, how can we still be kind to people? How can we still support local businesses? If you don't have the means to shop at every local business, there are so many other ways that you can be helpful, like sharing on social media or engaging with their posts, or even better, if you can write reviews for like vendors or businesses that you've worked with that have been a pleasant experience. I mean, being in the events industry and and having a business, we know how important good reviews are. And so how can you maybe take a little bit of time out of your day and think about who were the most impactful vendors that you've worked with, or maybe who was like a really great speaker that you've had at an event? Can you share a recommendation on their LinkedIn page? Kind of giving people those kudos is a really great way to give back during this time as well. I 100% agree. You know, again, we don't want to lose those small points of connection. Right. And really, yeah, now's the time to really just connect with people in other ways. One of my friends, Natalie Frank, she's really great at that. Her whole platform is community over competition. And she's been so awesome at like reminding people of that during this time that like social distancing doesn't have to mean that we are now cold shoulder to, to people. And so how can you keep connected with people, whether that's virtually, snail mail, writing reviews. There's so many different ways that you can just make someone's day just taking a few minutes out of your time. And I have to remind myself to do that as well. Jess, thank you so much for your time today. You are truly an inspiration, not only to you know the event industry, but to so many others. And I hope everybody who's listening today to the podcast yeah, visits your website and learns more about you. Thank you. This has been awesome. I really appreciate you having me. Thank you for listening to Exposed. Tune in every Tuesday to hear a new episode and join in on the conversation at ExposedConferencesPodcast.BuzzRoute.com.